Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to uh, Coast View. That was a terrific conversation we just had with with, uh, Robbie D'Angelo. If you missed it, you can go to uh, Super Talk Gulf Coast Facebook page and take a look at it. He's, uh, He's always got great advice. And um, he's a very you know, motivating guy. And uh, if you're thinking about trying to use this pandemic moment as a chance to you know, turn your life on a healthy track, um, pay attention to Robbie. He's got great advice. Uh, so now let's shift gears and let's move to Hayes Johnson. He's the first municipal court judge for the city of, D- of Diamond Head. How are you doing, Hayes? I'm well, Ricky. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you, man. Um, hey, we're going to talk about what, what it was like to set up the first municipal court uh, there in the city but and, and what it's like to do business in the pandemic world. But before we get into all that, we live in an interesting time, don't we? It's crazy, man. I'd like to tell you, thanks for getting me out of the house, but I'm in the house. So, uh, <laughs> yes, everything's going on at the house. And I think you are, too. Yeah, we've uh, you know we've talked about it all the time, but you know technology has changed the way we do things, and mm-hmm. it's re- certainly enabled this show. Kyle and I miss the studio. You know, it's, it's nice to be able to sit across the table from people we talk to, but we've been able to use technology to really do to, to do what, pretty well with this show. It took a, took a little bit of getting used to it and getting the equipment set up properly. I'm still I'm in my outdoors room, and I'm still trying to figure out the best orientation and whatever, but. We've uh, we've had some great shows. We haven't missed a single show since we started the show on January the sixth, and technology has really enabled it. So, so it, interesting. I, I, when you move around your your world, um, are people wearing face masks or are they fighting it? I'd say, well, for the most part, they've been fighting it. I will say that I, you know, I go to the grocery store when I have to. I was down a couple of days ago, and I told my wife when I got back. I think everyone I saw had on a mask, and it was a shock because that was such a change um, because I had grouse before that in the same place. One time I was in the checkout line and I counted them. There were 17 people in that line. I was the only one with a mask. And Man. so, uh, so in the immediate past, I've seen a little bit of a change, but generally, yeah, people are fighting it and, uh, think- and literally, literally fighting. They seem to get really bent out of shape about it. Uh, How can a face mask become so politicized? Have you got a theory about this? I don't, well, other than pure politics, which I really do try to stay out of, um, to a way it became, it, it, it became an admission of something. If you wore a mask, you were admitting something or you were accusing someone of something, depending on which side you were on. I didn't understand that from the day it occurred. I, I think some political background may have something to do with it. But, uh, but I do believe just in the recent past that I've seen a little bit of a shift because I think people are finally, maybe it's just that they're scared enough. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think the governor's getting their attention. Maybe we should have been doing this early on. I talked to D- Dr. Nicholas Conger uh, yesterday, um, not on the show, but just to kind of catch up with him. And he's an infectious disease doctor at Memorial. And he, you know, as we know, the numbers that we see today are lagging indicators of behavior that occurred two and three weeks ago. That's just the right. way the numbers work. 
And he says that now that people are putting the mask on and beginning, even people who were not taking it serious before, taking it more seriously now. At the end of the day, I think that the, the only number that matters, I mean, all the numbers matter. Don't, don't get me wrong on this. But what really matters is what the experience is at the hospitals. As we begin to see hospitalization creep up again, you see ICU units, ICU units begin to get stressed. That gets people's attention because what it right. does, it affects pe- people who, are, who do not have uh, COVID, who may have had a heart attack or a stroke or a wreck or whatever. It affects us all. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's beginning to get. My wife went to the grocery store yesterday and said that, you know, like you just said, every single person in the store had, had a mask on. That's a really good sign. So hopefully we can flatten the curve and get back on the, the, the side of uh, the, the good side of this. I agree. I agree. So, so you set up the first municipal court in the city of Diamond Head. Tell me about what that's like. What do you, what's, that invo- what's involved in doing that? Well, let me back up a half a step and say, of course, I, I was appointed by the mayor and council in Diamond Head, and, uh, and they have reappointed me gratefully a couple of times. So they created the court, and uh, I was the first and am the first judge. Um, a city at incorporation has to determine what it's going to do about a court system. And so there are a couple of options, particularly for smaller cities. But Diamond Head chose to create an, you know, a standing alone court system. And I was this judge. I have an outstanding court clerk and an assistant clerk. And from the beginning, which was in 2008, I'm, pardon me, 2012 until now, we've we've kept our little corner of city hall moving forward you know uh when you start a court from scratch you 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 have to adopt procedures you have to determine if you're gonna have a probation department you have to come up with ways that you approach things from setting bond to you know dealing with your inmates and etc so it was all kind of a from scratch kind of thing um diamond head we have the the uh, situation where our police department is actually a a branch if you want to call it that of the hancock county sheriff's department and so they have a, a working relationship so that um, so that we don't have our own jail. You know, we don't have our own literal police chief, uh, but we have these great officers from Hancock Sheriff's Department that serve Diamond Head. And so we had to work out how to integrate that with the existing system, which was the justice court over there and so forth. Some of the some of it's a little boring, but we had to get it going. Um, but it works pretty well now. The biggest change at the beginning were the citizens of Diamond Head. I, I do not live in Diamond Head. Almost everyone in Diamond Head knows everyone in Diamond Head. And it was a private, wonderful golf course community. And the roads were private. The golf cart paths were private, et cetera. When all that became public, that had to change the way that people approached things, such as stopping at stop signs and things like that. So <laughs> there was a little bit of a interesting period there where the folks got used to the fact that now they were being watched under a different way than they had before. All right. So well, that's so that's interesting. That's all I want to say about that. that. Well, that's so interesting that – Diamond Head had to learn how to stop at a stop sign, but I get it. I get. It. I spent well, a lot of time. Don't give me trouble with the. <laughs> don't no, give me trouble with uh, the people of Diamond Head, but I'm just. No, saying. no, I get. I get it. I, 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 you know, we published the Diamond Head News at the Sun Herald, and uh, you know, we started the very first printed edition of that, and you know, had a very close working relationship with Diamond Head. Diamond Head has always been a super independent, really smart community. You know, Absolutely. that's probably. That's one of the, you know, their very opinion. That's why you have a lot of tussles over over policies and procedures and, you know, which way which way Diamond Head should go. That's right. democracy in action, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. I, I, of course, to be clear, don't have anything to do with any of that. I mean, our court is uh, 
is a misdemeanor criminal court. And so yeah. any any property owner association discussion and policy issues and things like that, uh, or politics in general, those all stay somewhere else. And uh, and we and we like it that way. And so um, our our when people don't drive slow enough or don't do certain other things, that's when they come to see me. And so, um, and so, um, fortunately, we don't have even a whole lot of that. Our dockets are are smaller than many cities because people are law abiding there. I mean, it, the bottom line is it's a, it's just a, a rock solid. You know, appears to be really safe community to me. Well, that's that sounds like a it sounds like a dream job. First of all, it's a terrific community, really good people there, and uh, you know they were you know sounds like they were lucky to have you. You have an interesting background. Uh, you and I share a love of journalism. Um, tell tell me about your journalistic past. Well, I um I went to Mississippi State in in communication was what it was called there for print journalism. Um, I started at the campus newspaper. Uh, I didn't know before that time what I really wanted to be when I grew up, and uh, but I'd always loved to write, and of course I like to talk, and so um, those things came together pretty well around journalism. Uh, I went back to my hometown newspaper, which is the Vicksburg Evening Post at that time, and started as a cub reporter uh, covering City Hall, and from there I went to the Clarion Ledger, uh, and uh, after I'd been at the Ledger for a few years, I had a quick side trip to USA Today. In those days, Gannett would take its staff from the home papers and bring them to D.C., as a way to staff the D.C. paper without having to have permanent staff in a lot of ways. But that was a great experience for me. And then I went to the Cincinnati Inquirer, at which time I converted and became an editor. Then I went to the Fort Lauderdale Sun Sentinel, which was a Chicago Tribune paper, and was the, a, a metro editor there until I left in my mid-30s and went to law school. So I did about 12 years in journalism. Then I went to law school. What a great prerequisite for, for law, though, to learn how to write and learn how to think and evaluate problems. Uh, it's been very helpful to you, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. I, my clients don't always understand this when I say it, but uh, being a lawyer and being a journalist are very similar professions. You know, in the in the in the one I'm in now, you use all your information to advocate for uh, someone or something. And when I was a journalist, you use all the information to try to inform other folks. Some of them may want to advocate, but you're not the advocate. And so, um, but they're very similar. Yeah, it's a and you you gained an incredible appreciation for the First Amendment. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And and it's got to bother you that today to see so much agenda driven journalism. In fact, Alberto Ibarguen, the former publisher of the Miami Herald, a very good friend of mine, who's the chairman of the Knight Foundation, says that there is now so much noise on the national level, it's hard to sort through it. So most of the Knight Foundation's efforts today are in restoring and fortifying local news so that we can have the information we need to, to run a community, to have democracy work in a local community. But it's hard to, hard to watch what's happening on the national stage, isn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm sad in a lot of ways. Uh, I mean, I'm an, old, I'm an old newspaper junkie. And I, um, I've worked in newspapers, of course. That's what I loved. Um, but to see the difficulty that they've had in surviving um, against the backdrop of all this noise that's going on right now, uh, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I, um, Why don't we do this? We'll, we'll pick, the, pick it up there when we get on the other side of this. This is Hayes Johnson. He's a lawyer and uh, the first municipal court judge for the city of Diamond Head. We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.